sound bites galore on an audio overload Friday on the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 326 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Friday, January 20th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. All right. And audio overload Friday. Sound bites galore. All right. Uh, who's this guy? Uh, JP, JP McDade? Who, who's this guy? Best ball player I ever saw. Richie DiCiuccio and Monsignor McDougal had a great bounce pass. He could bounce the ball any way you want. Best player I ever saw. And his brother was even better. Dice Murphy used to shake dice while he played ball. I've never seen anything like it. Wait. Best ball player I ever seen. Back in those days, you weren't allowed to dribble between the legs. If you did, you had to say a Hail Mary. He jumped up and he ate the net. He ate the whole net in one bite. Wait. He played at St. Keith. He played at Bleeding Martyrs. He played at Our Lady of the Furniture. He played at PS 12345678. He played at Our Lady of Seasonal Depression. Herschel Rodriguez at St. Agnes School for Jewish Puerto Ricans. I played with Terry Van Winkle. He set a pick so hard, it took three New York City police officers to pull him off of the spot. Best ball player who ever lived. He played a couple of years in the ABA with the Toledo Pinwheels. Johnny Tsunami, he used to be a surfer, but he learned how to snowboard. Johnny Cage, Chang Sung, Noob Saibot. There was Sweet Peaches Robinson. He would have been better than Julius Irving, but he killed a guy with an ironing board. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Almost everything we do (laughs) is very serious. However, since it's Friday, Friday night, Saturday morning, I figured you could probably use a joke. You could probably use a smile. Laughter being the best medicine. That is a a comedian who's out there on Twitter, and uh, he calls himself J.P. McDade. And so I thought that was kind of funny stuff. All right. Um, having said that, uh, let's go right into President Trump recently did an interview with a David Brody. Uh, the Water Cooler is the name of his podcast over there on Real America's Voice. And David Brody asked him if he had any misgivings about pushing the vaccine. 
So listen closely. This is uh, about two minutes and 20 seconds. It went something like this. President Trump, I want to ask you about the vaccines. Uh, you know the base. You know MAGA well. They're not happy with it. The CDC is now saying they're concerned about a link to strokes in the vaccine. We've also seen significant spikes in COVID-19 deaths after countries introduced the COVID vaccines. We have these sudden death spikes as well. Look, I know you take credit for getting the vaccines to the American people in record time. I got that. Uh, will you acknowledge now, though, that the COVID-19 vaccines were not as safe or effective as we were told by the medical community at the time? Well, what I did is, first of all, there were no mandates with me, and right. I had absolutely no mandates, and the governors were allowed to do what they want. The most uh, most Republican governors did the right thing, and most Democrat governors didn't, you know, with the lockdowns and all the other things they did, including uh, their views of the vaccine. But I, did, I was able to get something approved that, you know, has proven to save a lot of lives. Some people say I saved 100 million lives worldwide. But I was able to get that done in nine months versus... Uh, Versus five years to 12 years, if it ever got done. I got the FDA to do things that they, it was it was pretty amazing what we were able to do. But as far as using it, as far as the utilization, I never demanded anybody use it. I never had a mandate. And I think that's very important to know. And I never had anybody, for instance, when I said, uh, you know, I never said close up. I never said we're going to close right. our country up. A lot of Republicans, now Florida did close for a period of time, as you know. But a lot of a lot of states, a lot of states run by Republican governors didn't close at all. And that was okay but, with me. I let them make that decision. What, what about the safety aspect? That's what people are concerned about now. Do you have some concerns about the safety of these vaccines? Well, I always do, but you have to understand there are the pros and cons. Uh, You can read some reports saying it was the greatest thing that's ever happened and we saved tens of millions of lives. Then you'll read other reports, you'll say there were some uh, problems with the vaccines sure. in terms of certain things, but but relatively small numbers. But, you know, you have many reports that say the vaccine saved tens of millions of lives, that without the vaccines, you wouldn't have, you know, you would have had a, a thing like we had in 1917, where perhaps 100 million people died. Yeah, got it. I don't know, man. I just... Uh... With each day, more people are dropping dead. Vaccinated people, not unvaccinated people. It's just remarkable to me that at this point, he can't acknowledge anything negative about the vaccines. I don't know, man. You know, I I said a couple of years ago, the liberals are going to try to hang this around his neck. I wish he wasn't helping them do that. That's all. I wish he wasn't helping them do that. Now, why is it that uh, Dementia Joe keeps on predicting there's going to be some kind of civil war in this country? And ban the number of bullets and go in a magazine. There's no, no need for any of that. I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water of the blood of patriots. I mean, if you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need an RAR-15. I'm serious. Think about it. I think he left something out there. Thomas Jefferson said the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. 
It is its natural manure. Our convention has been too much impressed by the insurrection of Massachusetts, and in the spur of the moment they are setting up a kite to keep the hen yard in order. I hope in God this article will be rectified before the new constitution is accepted. The tree of liberty, he said, must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. That's that's what Jefferson actually said. Now, I know, I know you may be shocked that Dementia Joe is misquoting somebody. Mark your calendar. When's he ever done that before? But there you have it. Now, um, recently came across a video from January 6, 2021 at the Capitol of a young man warning peaceful protesters, Trump supporters, that there were guys up front at the Capitol who looked like Antifa. And he said, I, you know, I think we're being set up. We need to get out of here. And it's only about 33 seconds long. Here it is. This is a guy who figured out pretty quickly what was up. That it was a setup. It was a setup. So, Audio Overload Friday continues with Dr. Peter McCullough warning about remdesivir. Paul Merrick, who uh, has uh, published more in critical care than anybody in the world. He's the world's expert in critical care. Review the data on remdesivir. Remdesivir. Uh, where there are more deaths with remdesivir than with placebo, uh, where uh, the uh, there is clear evidence of kidney damage and liver damage with remdesivir. The World Health Organization since 2020 has said, don't use remdesivir, don't use it, and how it's used in the United States routinely. How many Americans have been damaged with remdesivir without any benefit? You know, these types of startling revelations, I think for the first time Americans heard. Yeah, how many uh, Americans were killed by remdesivir? And how much money did hospitals make, a different amount in each state, for COVID deaths? So the chairman of a uh, multinational corporation called Siemens, S-I-E-M-E-N-S, out of Germany, their chairman, a guy named uh, Jim Hageman Snabe, speaking at uh, the World Economic Forum, saying, hey, I stopped eating meat because I'm concerned about the climate. You should, too. What a maroon. It's a very important point that you are addressing. Um, My daughter, 24, inspired me and said, Dad, how can you advocate for these zero-carbon value chains if you still eat meat? And so I stopped eating meat. Now the math would say, well, you need to stop eating meat 11 years 
to compensate for a flight to Thailand? Yes, but if a billion people stop eating meat, I tell you it has a big impact. Not only does it have a big impact on the current food system, but it will also inspire innovation of food systems. And I predict that we will have proteins not coming from um, meat in the future. They will probably taste even better. So why are we trying to mimic meat if we can have a better taste? They will be zero carbon and much healthier than the kind of food that we eat today. That is a mission that we need to get on. I can inspire you to maybe look at an organization called EAT, easy to remember, EAT, <laughs> who have all the facts on this and who have the policies necessary, the innovations necessary, and the scale necessary in order to make food systems sustainable and healthy. So his 24-year-old daughter is who he's listening to. Yeah, that's a great idea. It kind of reminds me of when uh, Jimmy Carter was president. And he asked his little girl, Amy, about uh, the, the nuclear conflict or something. Yeah. i tell you what. Um, see, here's the way I look at it. None of us elected the World Economic Forum. Well, we didn't elect Biden either, but that's a whole other show. We didn't elect the World Economic Forum. Um, so, you know, they can. Uh, this guy who wants everybody to stop eating meat. Uh, he can take a long walk off a short pier, as far as I'm concerned. Ron DeSantis recently had some things to say about COVID lockdowns. Our medical establishment from Fauci on down over the last three years, you know, they were wrong about lockdowns. They were wrong about mass mandates. They were wrong about school closures. They were wrong about mRNA shots. They were wrong about vax passports and vax mandates. The fact of the matter is they had a lot of momentum. Listen to Dr. Fauci. For unvaccinated... We are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. They brought a lot of power to these fights. There are a number of people, for one reason or other, who just do not want to comply and get vaccinated. We've got to get them vaccinated. And hopefully they will do it willingly. If not, there will have to be things that will essentially put pressure on them. And they would have won. Except for the fact, Florida said no. Yeah, when does this Fauci guy get to indicted? I know, probably never. But he certainly deserves it. Certainly deserves it. Uh, three years late, CNN on audio overload Friday. Three years late, CNN finally admits that Dementia Joe was tied to Hunter's business. Now, the fact that CNN is finally coming out and saying this gives more credence to the people who are saying that the deep state, the Democrat establishment, is trying to show Joe the door, at least to make sure that he doesn't run again in 2024. Despite his denials, a CNN review of the laptop data, as well as other public material, shows that Joe Biden did interact with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president, though it's unclear exactly what was discussed. 
One example the Republicans cite Miguel Alemán Magnani, a Mexican businessman and son of the former president who Hunter was trying to woo. In 2014, Alemán Magnani and his dad were photographed at the White House with then-Vice President Biden. In a later email, Hunter Biden reminds Alemán Magnani of the favors he's done for him. We have been talking about business deals and partnerships for seven years. I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the White House and the Vice President's House and the inauguration. Hunter Biden bluntly acknowledged the power of the Biden name in a memoir, writing that the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which put him on its board, considered my last name gold. I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. So CNN is finally admitting that this exists three years after anybody paying attention knew it. Then does that mean that Biden is on his way out? I mean, at least in the sense that uh, he doesn't get to run again in 2024. Are they putting the squeeze play on Biden? Just a thought, something to uh, keep track of. So the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Bourla, is over the World Economic Forum, and he has probably never faced a hostile interviewer. A couple of guys from an upstart called Rebel News out of Canada confronted him as he was walking outside and started peppering him with questions. And God bless him. And it went something like this. Mr. Borla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. Why would you answer that question? I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit of rant. Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Jeffrey, apologies to the public, sir. Now, remember, I played for you a few months ago an executive from Pfizer speaking to the Parliament of the European Union and admitting they did not test the vaccines to see if they were effective in stopping the spread of the virus before they rolled them out. Remember, there's a context for what you're hearing here. Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? What about the sudden deaths? 
<laughs> what do you have to say about young men dropping dead of heart attacks every day? Why won't you answer these basic questions? No apologies, sir. Do you, do you think you should be charged criminally for Albert? for some of the criminal behavior you've obviously been a part of? How much money have you personally made off the vaccine? How many boosters do you think it'll take for you to be happy enough with your earnings? Nothing. Who did you meet with here in secret? Will you disclose who you met with? Who did you pay commissions to? In the past, Pfizer has paid $2.3 billion in fines for deceptive marketing. Have you engaged in that same conduct again? Are you under investigation like you were before for your deceptive marketing, sir? If any other product in the world doesn't work as promised, you get a refund. Should you not refund to countries that laid out billions for your ineffective vaccine? Are you used to only sympathetic media so you don't know how to answer any questions? Is that it? Shame on you, sir. Shame on you. Yeah, that is. Exactly the only thing he's used to is sympathetic interviewers, so he's not used to answering questions like this. So God bless these guys from Rebel News of Canada, but what's their deal? What, what, are, what are they doing? What are they all about? Well, here they take a couple of minutes to explain. That's Albert Brula, the boss of Pfizer. His people were pushing us around a little bit. Mate, he's pretty fit. I don't reckon he's had one jab. I'm huffing and puffing a bit. At least I didn't have any myocarditis. Um, I, I, I dare say he's shocked that in his safe space at the WEF here in Davos that he was challenged in a way that he's never to date been challenged. Well, that's the thing. We're not accredited media here. We're on the outside of the perimeter. So he's only used to the softballs from CNN and MSNBC and people like that. I asked him a real question about product liability. No answer. A real question about Pfizer's past deceptive practices. You know, they paid the largest fine in American history to the Justice Department for deceptive marketing. I don't know if that's underway right now. I don't know if they're being investigated, but I think they should be. When did he know that the vaccine didn't actually stop transmission? I wanted to find out because surely he knew before we knew. Why didn't he tell us? I don't know. Avi, I'm really proud of that uh, question. It was like a kind of walking scrum. A joint effort there because I know it's very hard when you're working in the moment to actually remember all the... All the activities that these people, that these these people are criminals in my book. I, you know, the, the stuff that they've engaged in the last two years, they need to be held accountable for. And in the moment, that you don't usually get this much time. He had a bit of a walk, and to to actually work together and be able to work around those trying to protect him, it was it was it was exactly what I feel we're here for. That big gorilla guy was sort of pushing me around a bit, but you know, I've, I've got a low center of gravity myself. Um, I'm worried about one thing though, Abby. Pfizer is connected to big media in an enormous way. Um, I'm worried that they're going to try and block this video. 
I'm worried they're going to try and cancel it on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, places like that. So I want to look straight at the camera and say, folks, if you cannot find this video out there, go to wefreports.com. That's a special website we've set up for the World Economic Forum, wefreports.com. And if you feel moved by our coverage, please consider chipping in because we're 100% crowdfunded. Obviously, we get no ad money. We've been completely demonetized. But if you like that kind of accountability journalism, Abhi Amini from Australia. I'm Ezra Levant from Canada. We've got a great team from around the world. Please go to wefreports.com. Last word to you, Abhi. And no matter where they cancel this video, we will update and have a current version there at wefreports.com. And there you can share all the content from all the guys on the ground here um, doing outstanding work. And if you agree that it is as important as and as outstanding as I think it is, then please chip in a couple of dollars uh, to help pay the cost to do this. Yeah, well, that was a great moment. We'll have plenty more. Congrats, my friend. All right. Ezra Levant and Nabi Amini for Rebel News. God bless him. Trying to speak truth to power, trying to hold uh, people that I believe are, have a lot of blood on their hands accountable. So that's a good thing. God bless him. Absolutely. More coming up straight ahead as we continue on an audio overload Friday. Sound bites galore here on the Doc Washburn Show. Look, if you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online, and if you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You will be glad you did. All right, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating my pillow, the best pillow ever. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great. They feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dreams bed sheets. Now, Mike is offering the best deal on his Giza Dreams bed sheets. You can get a set of Giza sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. Get a set of Giza Dreams bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. 
just by using promo code DWS. And right now, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. MyPillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles like plush, waffle, or gossamer for as low as $29.98. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use that promo code DWS, and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding, including my pillow Giza Dreams sheets for just $29.98. Now you know Mike's other passion is, is to support American entrepreneurs and bring manufacturing back to the good old USA for years. People approached Mike with great products, but had no way of marketing them. MyStore.com was created to give these people a voice and a platform to bring you their amazing products made right here in the USA. MyStore.com has all kinds of great deals on automotive products, bath and beauty, books and video, clothing, decor items, food and drink, garden and patio, health, home improvement, household essentials kitchen and dining, personal care, sports and outdoors, toys and games, and so much more. Now, I'm wearing my new My Slippers moccasins right now. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. I also had no idea you could wear them out of doors in cold weather with no socks and your feet not get cold. Right now, save up the $90.00. On my slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins, marked down to just forty-nine ninety-eight by using promo code DWS. Not only that, Mike is having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals and slides for as low as nineteen ninety-eight. Now, what makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four-layer design. You're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers patented layers makes them. Ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. Just use promo code DWS. And remember now, that promo code DWS, that does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, 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 no. DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. All right, now, Audio Overload Friday continues on the Doc Washburn Show. Boy, do we have a lot of sound bites. Now, I want to go to uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., but let me explain something to you about his voice. I always feel the need to explain this. Back in 2008, It was reported that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has what's called spasmodic dysphonia, which causes his voice to quaver and make speech difficult. It is a form of an involuntary movement disorder called dystonia that affects only the larynx. So you look at this guy, and he looks completely healthy, and yet he's got this problem with his larynx. So I hope you will bear with him because 
the content of what he has to say is so important. Have you ever heard about the Milgram experiment? Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, no. But I know there are going to be some people who are like, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. And and it certainly was scary when I found out about it. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was recently on the Jason Whitlock show over there on The Blaze. And here is what he had to say. Which in my when I was writing my book, one of the you know the most momentous and shocking discoveries that I um, encountered and that I made you know in my research was seeing the deep involvement of the intelligence agencies in this public health space. Mm-hmm. The last chapter in my book shows the series of tabletop exercises, about twenty tabletop exercises that took place between 1999. That was sponsored all of them by the CIA. But involving a lot of, you know, important hundreds of thousands of people who took part in these these pandemic simulations. And what each one of them did, they, and by the way, the people who were taking part in them were from Europe, United States, Canada, um, and the rest of the world, the rest of the Western world. And they, um, Australia, Mexico, for example, they were public health officials, they were for, uh, frontline um, uh, responders, they were uh, people who worked for utilities, hospital systems, politicians, there were big shots at each one, Bill Gates. Uh, Madeleine Albright, Tom Daschle, and to give them kind of an imprimatur of legitimacy. But what they each did was they take a, fa- a, a simulated pandemic and they'd show what the response was. And the response was not a public health response. It was the imposition of totalitarian control. So they weren't... The response was not a public health response. It was the imposition of totalitarian control. Did you get that? I just want to make sure. Talking about providing vitamin D to people or stockpiling, you know, or uh, quarantining the sick and, you know, and, and keeping constitutional rights, which is something that you've got to think of in a pandemic, etc. They weren't doing any of that stuff. What they were doing is how do we use this pandemic to suppress free speech, to censor social media and the media, to close churches, to lock down society, to force people to wear masks, and then funnel them into the chute of mass vaccination with a quickly um, uh, created and untested zero liability vaccine. Every one of them does the same thing. None of them is about public health. It's a militarized and monetized response. And they're they're play acting all of these strategies for how do we get Americans to go along with us. Well the CIA and you know has for many, many years has uh, studied ways of doing not only individual manipulation, but doing mass manipulation society to society. How do you go into a developing country or an indigenous country, uh, turn the population, cause so economic chaos, shut down the economy, um, uh, polarize people against each other and create violence and chaos to, to the point where that country will be happy to have an outside, uh, you know, Machiavellian to come in and yeah. control the whole thing. And how do you sow fear and use propaganda, etc.? He's getting ready to tell you how they did it. One of the ways the CIA um, figured out all of these methodologies, which is put in handbook after handbook, and, you know, the CIA does not do public health, by the way. It does coup d'etat against democracy. So between 1947 and 1998, the CIA was involved in 87 coup d'etats against a third of the nations on Earth, most of them democracies. So that's what they do. The, the way that they studied this is they farmed out studies to sociologists at about 300 universities. These were um, programs called MK Ultra and MK Surge, Operation Artichoke, etc. But it was all done by the universities, billions and billions of dollars. 
One of those studies uh, took place in the 1960s and 70s, and it was done by uh, early 1970s by a guy called Stanley Milgram, who was the young associate professor at Yale. And Milgram recruited people from every walk of American life, black people, white people, students, professors, professionals, every kind of American. Now listen closely. The Milgram experiment. This is shocking. It's really scary. And it really happened in the United States. Listen closely to what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says here. He, he would put the subject in a room, sit them on a chair, and there was a dial in front of them. And they were told there was a person in the next room who was tied to a chair. And when they turned this dial, it would administer an electric shock to that person. That person in the other room was actually a confederate mm-hmm. and was an actor. And the uh, and the doctor, Dr. Milgram, who was wearing a stethoscope and a light, you know, a white lab coat, so he had this kind of imprimatur of authority. He would tell the people, turn it up. They could hear the subject screaming, shouting, bleeding, begging, crying in the other room and struggling. And all of the people who recruited begged the doctor to allow them to stop. But the doctor said, no, higher, higher. Well, if you can look this up in Wikipedia and actually reports it accurately, it's called the Milgram Experiment. 67% of the people turned it up to 250 volts where it was marked potentially lethal. So they knew not to do that. And every value they had, they had to compromise and do that. But they did it because they were taking orders from somebody that they believed was a trusted authority. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what Milgram concluded, that if you have somebody who's dressed up like a doctor, 67% of the people will violate their most deeply held values. And, okay, so we've got, you know, we're just in a huge Milgram experiment here. we got Anthony Fauci and his white lab coat telling people it's okay to get rid of jury trials, which they did. Can you believe this? Listen. Against anybody who's involved in a countermeasure, it's okay to uh, suppress free speech. We all know better than that. It's okay to close every uh, church in our country for a year. Mm-hmm. We know you can't do that. Mm-hmm. There's no pandemic exception in the United States Constitution. And by the way, the framers knew all about pandemics. There were two pandemics during the Revolutionary War. A smallpox and a yellow fever pandemic that almost... That we, the smallpox epidemic actually stopped us. We'd already taken control of Montreal. We would Canada would have been part of the United States except for that pandemic. Between the end of the, the revolution and the signing of the Constitution, there were epidemics in almost every city that killed tens of thousands of people. Cholera, yellow fever, smallpox, etc. So they knew all about it. Mm-hmm. They did not put an epidemic exception in the United States Constitution. And so these people knew, okay, you don't abolish property rights. You don't close 3.3 million businesses without due process, no without just compensation. You don't completely shut down the Fourth Amendment right to be free of, um, of warrantless searches and seizures. And you know, now you've got to show your medical records mm-hmm. and get into a public building. Mm-hmm. This is all against our Constitution. So we all know you don't violate the Bill of Rights. They violate every single one of the Bill of, first ten Bill of Rights, except for the Second Amendment. And so people knew better. They did it anyway. Here's the good news. Is that 33% of the people that Milgram recruited got up and walked out. 
and the people that you're having on this show today are part of that 33%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's Republicans in that 33%, there's Democrats in that 33%, and that's where the realignment is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way that I look at it, I don't hold it against people who are in my family or other people who are who have been subjected to this propaganda psyop, right? And they're doing what they're told, and they're trying to do the right thing to obey the trusted authorities, and they're terrified and fear, you know, incapacitates you. So I don't blame them, but what I see that our job is is to fight for them until they can wake up and start fighting for themselves. Fight for them until they can wake up and start fighting for themselves. You know, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm not upset with people in my family who disagree. Can you imagine? I mean, he's a Kennedy. Can you imagine how many people in his family think he's gone off the deep end? Seriously. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine being in a family like that, but, you know. All, you know, all I can say about your your loved ones, your friends, people at your church, whatever, who think you're crazy, you just love them and pray for them. That's all you can do, right? Love them and pray for them. Because as the um, sudden adult sudden adult death syndrome accelerates, Eventually, everybody's going to know somebody who just kind of dropped dead, who was vaccinated. Eventually, a lot of people are going to wake up. All right, over at Davos, the uh, World Economic Forum, Al Gore, who is a huckster. He's only in it for the money. was talking about boiling oceans. You heard about boiling oceans? Really? going to bring these emissions down. And and just to put the science in a a slightly different context, people are familiar with that thin blue line that the uh, astronauts bring back in their pictures from space. That's That's the part of the atmosphere that has oxygen, the troposphere, uh, and it's only five to seven kilometers thick. That's what we're using as an open sewer. If you could drive a car straight up in the air at interstate highway speeds, you'd get to the top of that blue line in five minutes. And all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans. For the record, and 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 a hat tip to uh, Matt Walsh, uh, the great Matt Walsh of what what is a woman, the documentary. Um, it the oceans have to get to like two hundred twelve degrees to boil, uh, and they're not going to, even in the summertime. So Al's really really upset, really concerned that. Uh, that he's not rich enough. No, no, that's what this is all about. Al is really upset that he's not rich enough. 
out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had. And we need have had and we need to make some changes. Yeah, he wants to. uh, He says he wants to take down the fossil fuel industry. Uh, Odd for a guy who had his own cable channel and sold it for half a billion dollars to the Saudis. And now says he wants to take down the fossil fuel industry. And that's strange. Not Al Gore. Something uh, not right about that boy. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of something not right about that boy, Eric Swalwell over there on MSNBC. You remember him. The guy that got into office with the help of the Communist Chinese Party. The guy that had the Chinese communist girlfriend, Fang Fang. Probably Chinese pronunciation would be Fong Fong. But anyway. You were stripped of your committees. Um, why? Political vengeance. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy uh, seems to want to heat up the leftovers of a story that goes back to Barack Obama's first term. The FBI has said three different times that in a rare form, they never talk about investigations, that all I did was help them, never suspected of wrongdoing. Today, the Washington Post fact checker, Glenn Kessler, put out a story uh, giving McCarthy four Pinocchios for his claims. But the consequence of his claims is just, it's not just that I'm on the committee and he's weaponized the Intelligence Committee. It's that it inspires these death threats. People parrot what Kevin McCarthy is saying when they call and make the threats. And so he knows that. We, we've told this to him. I, I have told this to him. I have you know, publicly broadcast to him that when you do this, it, it leads to threats to me, my wife, our kids. Mm-hmm. Recently, someone said that they were going to uh, rape and kill uh, my children. Uh, and, and they were using the language that Kevin McCarthy was using. So there is a cost to that. I don't believe he got any death threats. This guy's lied about so many things so many years. I don't believe he got any death threats. See, one of the things about lying politicians is it seems like they never had a daddy who sat them down when they were real little and explained to them the story of a little boy who cried wolf. My daddy explained that to me. Scared living daylights out of me when I was about three years old. Kevin McCarthy said there's a reason I'm not letting Eric Swalwell on the Intelligence Committee. If you got the briefing I got from the FBI, you wouldn't have Swalwell on any committee. And you're going to tell me other Democrats couldn't fill that slot? He cannot get a security clearance in the private sector. So would you like to give him a government clearance? You asked me questions about Santos. You asked the questions about Swalwell. Not only was he getting a clearance, he was inside an intel committee. He had more information than the majority of all the members. Did you ever raise that issue? No. 
which it should have. You're going to tell me there's 200 other Democrats that couldn't fill that slot, but they kept him on it? The only way that they even knew it came forward is when they went to nominate him to the Intel Committee. And then the FBI came and told the leadership then, he's got a problem. And they kept him on. That jeopardized all of us. Yeah, I'm going to go with McCarthy on this one. Swalwell is completely, completely compromised, in my humble opinion. And you're entitled to it. Carrie Lake has not conceded the gubernatorial election in Arizona. She is suing. And here's why she has not conceded. And once, J.D., the majority of people are awake to this uh, insanity that we call elections, which they're not. They're selections. And, you know, the judges live in our community with us. Maybe they had a, a rough time voting. Maybe they had their vote thrown into door three. Maybe they watched as uh, on election day. We know this is a fact. We just got this through FOIA. Uh, 179,000 ballots were spit out of of our tabulator machines that could not be read. 179,000 times a ballot was spit out and couldn't be read. And that's because on election day, the big day, they intentionally printed a 19-inch image instead of a 20-inch image on a 20-inch piece of paper, ballot paper. And when you do that, you cause the tabulator to jam. This was all part of the plan. It caused major problems at the polling places. More than 60% of polling places had major issues, lines of four hours. Um, you know, 300,000 ballots that were... Uh, added to the count with no chain of custody and then two days later they still didn't that still wasn't enough sabotaging election day throwing 300,000 phony ballots in that still wasn't enough to stop our incredible movement 25,000 additional ballots were mysteriously appeared two days after election day and guess what they counted those as well and they counted 130,000 ballots that had uh, bad signatures they just couldn't find enough invalid ballots to count to beat us because that's how big our movement of We the People is. They had to do it as a highway robbery in broad daylight. I told you, didn't I? I told you they're going to steal Arizona in broad daylight in the midterms. So pray for Carrie Lake. There was a time over 100 years ago when... Uh, a hard-fought, narrowly lost gubernatorial election in Arizona was in fought in court. And a year after the election, it was overturned. So there is a precedent there. There certainly is a precedent there. In the courts of Arizona, so pray for... Uh, Carry Lake, you know, it's a crazy world we live in. I've been talking about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices. Woke corporations stand against everything we believe in. Now, we all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic. While so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off 
while mom and pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? How can our voices be heard? What can we do about it? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. SwitchToAmerica.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big, woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We are done with the woke, globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Now an even more exciting addition is fresh American-raised beef. Now Bill Gates keeps on talking about wanting to vaccinate livestock. I hope he's never allowed to. But in the meantime, SwitchToAmerica.com's fresh American-raised beef Raised in Montana, in the mountains close to Yellowstone, this beef is known as never, ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics or hormones or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to switchtoamerica.com. When it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Switchtoamerica.com. All right, now let me tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Tell you all about it, how it works. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you're not in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, and it's never come back. My migraines went away, and they never came back. Again, if you're suffering from 
sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, even migraines. Do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. All right, Patriot Mobile. You're ready to save money on your monthly cell phone bill doing the right thing? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Now, if you're a conservative-owned business tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, Patriot Mobile now offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. Find out more at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or call 469-FREEDOM. All right. Audio Overload Friday continues with more sound bites. We have several, several physicians, medical experts, here to talk about the vaccine. Let's get started with Dr. Pierre Corey. Now, he's a guy, this is the guy that first publicized ivermectin. And I remember I was going to be filling in for Mark Levin. I believe it was Christmas time, 2020. And a couple of days before that, Dr. Pierre Corey, who's from Wisconsin, had testified before a subcommittee chaired by Senator Ron Johnson, talking to Ivermectin. Dr. Corey is co-founder, chief medical officer for, for FLCC, 
FLCCC, the, the frontline uh, COVID doctors. He's a pulmonary critical care specialist. And here's what he's saying about the vax. I really do believe that the federal government is captured, and it's captured by corporate interests. The entire U.S. population, as well as the world, has to understand they can no longer take these COVID vaccines. These are they are toxic and lethal to an end ineffective that they have completely failed. They can only be viewed as harmful, and they need to be stopped. Yeah, he's the guy with frontline COVID nineteen critical care lines, Doctor Pierre Corey, the real deal. He's how we found out about ivermectin. Next, Dr. Ryan Cole, board-certified anatomic and clinical pathologist. And does it damage the brain? You bet it does. Does it damage the heart? Yes. The liver? Yes. The bone marrow? Yes. It causes all sorts of harm in the human body. We should have stopped this before it ever started. I just wonder if any of this has ever gotten through to Donald Trump. You know, because I played you the interview earlier, David Brody over Real America's Voice. David Brody, of course, was with uh, Christian Broadcasting Network for many, many years. And Trump doesn't have one bad thing to say about the vaccines. That's amazing. Uh, it could cost him. November 2024 is a long way from here. Of course, I mean, no, I, I get it. If they don't fix what allowed the Democrats to steal 2020, it's not going to matter who our nominee is. Anyway, no, I understand that. Uh, Dr. James Thorpe, board-certified OBGYN, maternal and fetal medicine physician. Here he is. It's a misinformation from the CDC, the FDA, the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the American College of OBGYN, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. It's a misinformation from those organizations that is causing a lot of death and injury in my women of reproductive age, my pregnant women and my preborn babies. And it's got to stop, and it's got to stop now. Amen, brother. Got to stop. Now, Dr. Peter McCullough, internist, cardiologist, epidemiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough. And for the vaccines broadly, we have no idea what's going to happen long term now that they're in the body. Studies suggest that the vaccines and the spike protein that's produced from them never leaves the human body. That's not good. Dr. Thorpe, again. On the vaccines. The first and most important thing, don't take any more vaccines. Don't take any more boosters. Do not take any more of these dangerous experimental therapies. Yep. But, you know, I mean, I still see people in the city where I live walking around outside with masks on. Some people you're not going to be able to get through to. Again, it's so much easier to fool people than it is to persuade them that they have been fooled. You know what I'm saying? Prince Harry speaking at the UN. Oh, poor Prince Harry. Oh, he's had such a rough life. How many of us feel battered, helpless, in the face of the seemingly endless stream of disasters and devastation? I understand. 
This has been a painful year in a painful decade. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities in every corner of the globe. Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet, with the most vulnerable suffering most of all. Now, wait a minute. We're not living through a pandemic that's continuing to wreak anything. And climate change is a hoax, you dope. I feel better. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. Um, also known as, he's thankful that the UK doesn't have a First Amendment right to free speech, and he wishes the US didn't. Well, I think we kicked you guys out. Um, let's see, how many years ago was it? I believe it was um, 240 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. 1783. Second time in this episode of the Doc Washburn Show, I want to encourage someone to take a long walk off a short pier. Do they have uh, piers in the UK? I mean, they're surrounded by water, right? Because we have a lot of piers going into the Atlantic and the Pacific and the Gulf of Mexico here in the U.S. They have piers over there in the U.K.? Well, he and his wife spent plenty of time over here. Yeah, long walk off a short pier, buddy. Your choice. Destin, Florida. Uh, South Padre Island. Texas. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. What are you, what are you, you pick it. And from the horrific war in Ukraine to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States... Rolling back of constitutional rights. In other words, he's upset that the U.S. Supreme Court says that states can choose to protect babies from being dismembered. Well, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Prince Harry, a picture was taken of him at a, some sort of a party, and he was wearing a Nazi uniform. I guess it was more fitting than I realized at the time. Yeah. Yeah, the royal Nazi. So it was one of the biggest mistakes of his life. And yet he's, uh, he favors the, the eugenics of abortion. We are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom. If you had your way, if you had your way, global assault on democracy and freedom. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't cut that guy any slack. I, you know, you want to talk about an assault on freedom? First of all, our founders did not believe in democracy. Democracy is majority rule, and they knew that that would be. Mob rule. They want to protect the minorities. You know? That's why they gave us a constitutional republic instead of a democracy. You know? We are to be a nation of laws rather than a nation of men. Now, a lot of people wanted to make uh, George Washington king, and he's like, no, 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 no. That's not going to work over here. 
Yeah, democracy. I get pretty leery when people start talking about democracy. But this guy has no interest in freedom whatsoever. But if you want to see a real assault on freedom, look no further than our southern border and remember when Joe Biden was running for president, he said he wanted to see a surge of illegal aliens coming to the border. Do you remember that? So you've got all these um, millions of people coming across the border, right? And you have a Secretary of Homeland Security who gets paid to lie, says the border's secure, Alejandro Mayorkas, right? Now, Yuma County is one of the counties on the border in Arizona. And the uh, small private county hospital there is in serious economic jeopardy because they're being overrun, what, with COVID patients? Nope. Uh, With a long, cold, awful winter of the unvaccinated? Nope. No, they're being overrun with who Joe Biden wants to overrun them, which is illegals from a bunch of different countries. And I don't know how they can possibly absorb being... $23 million in debt, but I know who doesn't care. Good old Dementia Joe. Couldn't care less. So here we have uh, Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino interviewing the county supervisor of Yuma County, Arizona, on the Fox Report. Jonathan Lyons is the supervisor for Yuma County, which saw nearly a 300% surge in migrant encounters last year. He joins us now. And as we come on the air with you, right behind you, what, what is happening there? Uh, so we've had a, a single crosser. Um, this is probably the 550th crosser this morning, but this individual fell into the water and has had to be attended to, which goes to the point that we've talked about before. Uh, first responders having to come out to the border instead of uh, focusing on uh, the people of Yuma, Arizona. You know, it goes to what we've talked about with the hospital, more than $23 million in unreimbursed expenses. Uh, and clearly, as was mentioned before, uh, the priority of this administration is not the people of the United United States uh, and the residents here, but the prioritization of the people coming across the border. Mm. Uh, it's frustrating, and uh, you know we've been talking about it for a very long time. I saw in your report earlier uh, where one of the local farmers was talking about uh, the fence uh, sections that have been completed uh, ever since the Trump presidency, and yet they still lay on the ground rusting away. Well, uh, there's a lot to explain in the picture behind you. Uh, I see tents set yeah. up. I, I assume that's for for processing. Uh, I see a wall. That's for processing. Um, you're saying several hundred come across that border every day. Uh, how do they come across that border if that wall is up there behind you? So, 200 yards to my right, 
the wall ends uh, where we have a reservation that begins, and that is an area where we do not have any uh, type of wall. We have the legacy barriers, which actually prohibit uh, our vehicles and tractors from being stolen and taken into Mexico. That's the only security that we have there, you know, plus the individuals on the ground. Um, one of the things that was shared with me last week from some of the people inside of Homeland Security is that, you know, while we're talking about a budget crisis and a debt ceiling today, these tilt-ups have cost more than $800 million to the American public. You know, so the, the, the vice president is prioritizing green energy today, uh, not talking about the debt ceiling. And yet, you know, we have this ongoing expense uh, here on the, the uh, southwest border that's not addressed and not discussed. Well, you know, she's, she'll only be a few hundred miles away. I, I don't understand why not want you know, you go into office because you, you want to serve the people. You want to solve problems. You have a huge problem there. Can you reiterate something? You just said that your local hospital in Yuma, Arizona, you have $23 million in unpaid bills because of the migrant crisis. Where, how do you make that shortfall up? Who gives you the money? You know, we don't, and it's a local community-owned hospital. It's not a corporate giant. They can't absorb these expenses. I've had the opportunity to take over uh, multiple representatives from the federal government, uh, multiple legislators, to be able to hear that discussion. Uh, Not one uh, Democrat has uh, been willing to sit down and talk until last week when, and she's no longer a Democrat, Kirsten Sinema was here, and we were able to reiterate that fact. But more than 23 million, and, uh, you know, <clears throat> the administration is nowhere to be found addressing the needs of the local communities across the border. Mm. Sir, the numbers are staggering. We could go through them again, but we've been doing that every day for two years, and I know you're up against it, but I appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you so Challenge much. And lines there. We, appreciate, yep. we appreciate your emphasis on this and uh, continuing to talk about it, so okay. thank you. Thank Stay you. in contact with you in your office. Yeah. And I know who doesn't care. Again, I know who doesn't care. Joe Biden doesn't care. It's a feature, not a bug, for this guy. Now, speaking of Joe Biden, I recently played audio for you of him claiming that when he was a young man, college age, every morning at 7.30, he would go to Mass at his Catholic church, and then leave directly from there, weekday mornings now, to go to the, the black church. Now, he has no idea that uh, your typical black church does not have a uh, daily morning service on weekdays. I mean... Catholic masses happen different times during the week. That's just not a thing. So recently, Joe Biden, on MLK Day, went to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s church, Ebenezer Baptist in Atlanta, where Senator Raphael Warnock is now the pastor. And the choir and everybody got going downright musical. I don't know if you've ever been to black church. I don't know if you're into black gospel music. But uh, it's musical, and it's emotional, and you kind of get into it. Except that Joe didn't. 
he was standing there on the platform a few feet away from the pastor looking completely befuddled, completely confused, like he had no idea what was going on. And again, he didn't grow up in the black church. But he tells so many lies, he can't keep track. Somebody said probably when the when the 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 sound of the the choir when it got going the volume level was probably jarring for him and it can really disorient someone with dementia which clearly Joe has now picture this Joe's just standing there looking like where am I what's going on Now, I don't believe the power of the Lord was there because their pastor is hardcore in favor of murdering babies. He's pro-abortion. But my point is, you got Joe Biden saying he grew up in a black church, and he's there, and this is going on, and he doesn't know what to do. He just standing there doesn't know what to do. Now, a little bit earlier, we had audio for you of Al Gore saying we got to stop oil and gas. So J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon is at the same World Economic Forum. He's talking to CNBC, their little desk outside. He's like, we got to keep oil and gas for at least 50 years. We're not doing a good job at it. And it's not, you know, the, the, our banks finance oil and gas companies. We need oil and gas. For how long? Cheap, for, 50 for, years. for 50 years. And, you know, it's 100 million barrels a day that are used by the world to heat, fuel, true, feed people. True climate zealots want to end but, it now. But, but the they want to end it now, Jamie. They, get it, to get it you right. can't get the two yeah, to, to get, right. come together. Then, then you'll have a, a, a calamity, a global depression. There you go. A calamity, a global depression. Um, and again, there are plenty of people in charge of our government who think that would be just wonderful. Not a problem. Again, it's a feature, not a bug. I mean, we're in a recession. They want to drive us deeper into a recession. And they don't care. Now, this was weird. Again, at the World Economic Forum, the senior minister of the country of Singapore, a guy named Thaman Shanmugaratriam, says pandemics are now baked into the system. How do you anticipate? Because these aren't random events. Uh, we may not know exactly when the next pandemic comes. We don't, may not know when the next, next extreme weather event comes. But we know it's coming. And we know it will intensify. And it will get more frequent. So that's a new world. I think we're now in a world that has to be framed around shocks that are not just random or stochastic, but shocks that are systematically part of the landscape. 
and that are intensifying in frequency and scale and impact. The reasons, we understand, have to do with the breaching of the planetary boundaries and the fact that pandemics are now baked into the system. Um, he's saying the quiet part out loud. I would kind of be concerned about that. Baked into the system. Joe Rogan had uh, Lex Friedman on recently, another podcaster, talking about the Epstein Island and how crazy he thought that was when he first heard about it. It's a guy that was telling me about Epstein's uh, island a decade ago, at least. He was telling me about it. I was like, what? You're telling me there's a place where they bring elites to compromise them with underage girls and they film them. Really? Like, what? Cut the f*** out of here. Yeah. Like, no, President Clinton's been there. Everyone's been there. Like, what? It sounds like nonsense. And not only is it true, but people keep getting f- murdered for it. Did you see that latest Clinton advisor that got murdered about yep. it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hung with an extension cord, shot himself in the chest 30 miles from his house, and they're calling it a suicide. And now even Elon Musk is asking, where's the clientele list? Yeah. We should we should probably see who's been to that island. Yeah. By the way, that Clinton guy they're talking about, that was uh in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I used to do local talk radio. Just so you know. Just so you know. Wow, it really is an audio overload Friday with sound bites galore. The debt ceiling. Have you heard how the mainstream media, the evening the network evening news you know, I don't remember. It's been decades since I have watched ABC, CBS, or NBC evening news. I don't have any idea who watches this stuff. But somebody still does. ABC World News tonight trying to pressure Republicans to come to the table and take us further into debt. Out of the U.S. economy tonight, and the U.S. has officially hit the debt limit, the amount of money the country can borrow to pay the bills. The Treasury Department now launching what they call, quote, extraordinary measures to avoid a default. This is all over money that's already been spent, and there's an epic battle now brewing between President Biden and House Republicans. Let's get right to our senior congressional correspondent, Rachel Scott, live up on the Hill tonight. Rachel, where does it stand? Well, David, still no deal tonight. And to be clear, this is not about using money to pay for future projects. This is about paying for the bills that the nation already has. It's typically standard routine for Congress to raise the nation's debt limit. It's something that Democrats and Republicans have worked together to do for the last 80 years. But this time, House Republicans say they have one condition. They say if they agree to raise the debt limit, they want the president to agree to spending cuts. The White House calling that a non-starter, saying they will not negotiate with Republicans on this. Meanwhile, the Treasury Secretary is warning of dire consequences if Congress does not act in the coming months, saying that Social Security could be cut for seniors. Troops could go unpaid. Interest rates could spike raising mortgage, car, and credit card payments. And David, the U.S. has never defaulted on its debt, but time is running out and neither side is giving in, David. All right. A long several weeks, several months ahead for you, Rachel, and the rest of us. Thank you. Yeah, because see, there's no way in the world 
They want to stop spending billions of dollars on Ukraine or on anything else we shouldn't be spending money on. How about that? CBS Evening News, not to be outdone by ABC. We do want to turn out to a looming financial crisis that could affect every American family. The debt limit showdown. Well, today, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen announced the U.S. started taking extraordinary measures to maintain the full faith and credit of America. CBS's Scott McFarland reports tonight on the risk to the entire U.S. economy. Humphrey Rutherford is enjoying retirement, but worried that if the country can't pay its bills, his Social Security is at risk. At some point, it's still going to affect me. It may not affect me right away, but it's still going to affect me. If there's no deal to raise the amount of money the government can borrow by June, it risks a market plunge, mass layoffs, and a spike in interest rates. The current $31.4 trillion debt is more than the economies of China, Japan, Germany, and the U.K. combined, and equals more than $200,000 for every U.S. taxpayer. Pennsylvania Republican Scott Perry said the country has overspent. He helped delay Kevin McCarthy's election as Speaker a few weeks ago and wants spending cuts before raising the limit. The American people are sick of it. They want some responsibility used when it comes to spending their hard-earned money. And, uh, and and we're going to get after that. That's our pledge. But the White House says it's too dangerous to negotiate over the debt limit, and a standoff with Republicans could lead to an economic collapse, a major concern for hardware store manager Bill Hart. Just last week I purchased for Halloween and Christmas, so in this business you have to plan way out, especially when you're getting things shipped over from overseas. Tonight the Treasury Department says it'll halt payments to some programs, retirement programs for federal workers, to buy Congress for months to raise the debt ceiling. After that, they say they'll have no more emergency measures to employ. Because they are intent on bankrupting this country. They are intent on turning us into uh, Venezuela or Zimbabwe or the Weimar Republic of Germany before Hitler took over where people had to take wheelbarrows full of marks, paper money, down to just buy a loaf of bread. That's what they want. That's what they want. All right, here is, from the ridiculous to the sublime, here is a mother, I wish I knew her name, standing up about a year ago in a school board meeting, calling out the Prince William County, Virginia, school board regarding mask mandates. I know there are many educators who want to protect children. This goal is not different from my own. Our implementation preferences may differ, but we want the same thing, to get through COVID without harm. Unfortunately, politics leads us to believe there is only one solution, masks. Yet thousands of schools around the country have been open during the entire pandemic without masks and no corresponding rise in serious illness. There were not child coffins lined up as some educators in this county suggested would be the case. In fact, things have been going pretty much as normal. Kids are getting sick despite wearing masks. We are forcing healthy children home for exposure despite them wearing masks. And we are segregating children by vaccination status and religious exemption status despite the wearing of masks. So I ask you, if masks work, why don't they? I know... I'd now like to cover the facts. 
not policy as determined by the White House, not CDC recommendations, which I remind you is still policy. Policy, I might add, that changes by the day without any basis in science at all. So here are the facts that are available to any one of you. Over the course of the pandemic, 49,000 children have died of all causes. 331 of those were COVID-related. Yet we have turned kids' lives upside down at school for what is essentially a non-risk. Let's put that risk into context. Last year, fewer kids died of COVID-19 than of heart disease, cancerous tumors, suicide, homicide, and drownings. Have the schools stopped serving hamburgers and french fries? Have we put up tinfoil on the ceilings to block power lines? Do we even address the growing incidences of suicide during the pandemic? No. We play politics with kids' faces by placing restrictive fabric over their noses and mouths that the CDC itself has said don't do anything, and it's for their safety. This is asinine. This is blatant political theater, and it needs to end. Regarding that end, I need to point something out that has been bothering me. On November 15th of last year, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. McDade for 10 minutes following the CRT town hall meeting. During that discussion, which was friendly and cordial, I asked what she, as superintendent, could do to get the kids out of masks. Dr. McDade told me that she would if she could, but that her hands were tied by then-Governor Northam's executive order mandating face coverings. And if it weren't for that, things would be different. Well, tonight, things are different. And I'd like to ask you, Dr. McDay, tonight, what has changed? And what do you plan on doing now that your hands are untied? I'm, in fact, I'm asking all of you to step up the way other leaders who have, who have and are ending COVID restrictions by the day. What, when will you? What will it take? You are on the losing side of history. And it's time to make that right before these children now. God bless her for standing up and speaking truth to power. I wish I knew her name. That was fantastic. The further away we get from it, the more people will start acting normal. But God bless the people who spoke up early. The great Mark Stein used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh on a regular basis. And he has a video podcast. He had a uh, he had a news commentator from Scandinavia, Eva Vlardinger broke to talk about this sudden adult death syndrome with the vaccinations. Doctors baffled by increase in sudden adult death syndrome. I mean, are they are they that? Stupid, or or are they, uh, or are they? They just feel, oh, we can't possibly connect all these dead young and middle-aged people over here with all these mass vaccinations over there. What? What? what they must know, surely. Yes, I don't think that they're stupid. I think that they think we are stupid. And, I mean, they're kind of right. I mean, sudden adult death syndrome, really? Uh, This is basically the new one. We had a couple of months ago, right, when it was Christmas, they said, oh, there are a lot of people dying from heart attacks, and it might be uh, because of the the Christmas trees in your house. Uh, I've seen headlines where they said, oh, it's climate change that now causes all these heart attacks. I've seen post-pandemic stress disorder is causing heart attacks. They think we're laughing at us. They think that we're stupid. 
And, you know, the thing is that I can't... I understand that a lot of people have trouble saying these things because, as you said, they will come after you when you try and uncover the truth. And also, it's very hard to speak out about the truth and say, hey, maybe we should call a spade a spade here and two plus two is four and the only thing that changed in the past couple of months is the fact that everyone took this vaccine. You can't say that because there are no real studies for these correlations. You know, we just have suddenly all these extra deaths and we know no we have no idea why but we do know that it's not the vaccine that's the one thing that they can tell you for sure yeah when demar hamlin dropped dead on the football field buffalo bill safety cincinnati a few weeks ago immediately you had so-called doctors out there on social media twitter youtube wherever oh well look Okay, there's no possible way it could have been the vaccine. No, it's this commotion cortis thing. And you look into that, and there's no possible way it could have been that. You know what I'm saying? No possible way. But a lot of people are paid handsomely to hide the truth. What is that, misinformation or disinformation? I don't know. What I do know is that uh, Tony Blair said some really bad stuff at the World Economic Forum, and the great Nigel Farage called him out. Davos is, of course, going on at the moment, and the great Tony Blair is at Davos. He is rumored to want now to take over from Klaus Schwab as the boss of it. Here were some words of advice from Tony Blair today. In the end, you, 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 you need the data. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple. There'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. So there he is, there's Tony Blair. He wants us to have multiple shots and for all of it to be digitized so the state knows exactly what our status is. Pure evil is all I can say. That's right, brother. Pure evil. You are correct. Let's, uh, let's check this out. Raheem Kassam over human events and also, uh, co-conspirator with uh, Steve Bannon and doing a great video podcast, The War Room. Raheem Kassam asking, by the way, who, I never thought about this, who was Joe Biden's campaign manager in 2020? Remember when Obama was elected, um, um, Jim Messiner and David Axelrod did a worldwide tour as the geniuses who got Obama elected. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, when Trump was elected, um, you know, the whole media race to, to hand the, uh, you know, congratulatory as much as they would like to congratulate uh, that side, uh, parts of, of the campaign to Steve Bannon, right? Why? Who ran Joe Biden's campaign? Hmm. Who's that person? Who's the mastermind? Most votes ever in American history. Who's the mastermind? Can you name that person? You can't. Do you see them right. giving TED Talks? You don't. Because it was the apparatus that, that Biden allowed himself to be used by 
and 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 not an actual you know vote winning strategy electoral strategy that actually convinced a record number of Americans to go out and vote for Joe Biden. That's the tell, right? In, in, in amongst all the other tells that we know from the last election. And so Biden himself will probably be quite aware of the fact that, again, he is being used here to stop Donald Trump. Well, I mean, to the extent that he's aware of anything at all. Now, I... Uh, I actually went out and looked up. I did an internet search for Joe Biden's 2020 campaign manager because I was shocked I didn't know who it was, and Raheem Kassam made a good point. It's a woman named Jennifer Bridget O'Malley Dillon. You ever heard of her? I didn't think so. She was Beto O'Rourke's campaign manager before he dropped out of the presidential race, just to show that Biden didn't need anybody who knew what she was doing, right? Because she didn't really, she I mean, she wasn't very helpful to Beto. But um, she became White House Deputy Chief of Staff, on day one of the Biden regime, just so you know, just so you know, an audio overload Friday with sound bites galore. Oh, my goodness. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Auto, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice, the way you want to, online, have it delivered to your front door, anywhere in the continental USA. All right, today's, to the day, I stumbled across this. R.C. Sproul was a great preacher. Grew up in Pennsylvania. And... uh was a pastor of a big church in the Orlando, Florida area for many, many years. And uh, they did conferences, and they would do question and answer stuff. And here was a Q&A they did. Since God is slow to anger and patient, then why, when man first sinned, was his wrath and punishment so severe and long-lasting? Time out. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we just have that question a second ago? We did. Yeah, it's a little, I think little, we little did. nuance. That God's punishment for Adam was so severe. This creature from the dirt <laughs> defied the everlasting holy God. After that, God had said, The day that you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. And instead of dying, Thanatos, that day, he lived another day and was clothed in his nakedness by pure grace 
and had the consequences of a curse applied for quite some time. But the worst curse would come upon the one who seduced him, whose head would be crushed by the seed of the woman. And the punishment was too severe. What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. And we don't know who we are. The question is, the question is, why wasn't it infinitely more severe? If we have any understanding of our sin and any understanding of who God is, that's the question, isn't it? Wow. A lot to think about there from the late great R.C. Sproul. If you want to hear more from him, um, website is called Ligonier.org. Ligonier, L-I-G-O-N-I-E-R. All right, fantastic. You've been listening to episode 326 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Friday, January 20th, 2023.